Hello and welcome. Welcome to Trucking Answers. We are back and I welcome you back. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who's currently making biscuits, but she'll be in at any moment to tell you what she thinks about what's going on. Today, let's talk about something that uh, we're going to talk about potatoes later, so get ready for that. But uh, we're going to talk about a survey that was done for drivers and motor carriers and their top 10 concerns of the industry. So pretty interesting, the disconnect that these places have. And we're going to talk about, you know, why that is and why they can't keep people. So what's the number one problem with drivers that drivers say is the problem? Parking. Hey, drivers can't find anywhere to park. There's nowhere to park. Parking. But what is the number one concern of motor carriers? The driver shortage. You know, truck parking is their 10th concern for the carrier itself. It's their truck. And they're not even concerned that you can't find any way to park it. You know what's ahead of parking to motor carriers? Insurance costs. Um, the diesel technician shortage. <laughs> and the lawsuit abuse reform. Okay, stuff like that. That's ahead of them. They'd rather change that than find you a place to park. Why is that? Because you'll sit around, you'll drive around for nothing. I think. So if there's nowhere to park here, you got to drive over there. Then there's nowhere to park, you got to drive over there. You're not getting any pay for that. And you're okay with it. Because how do I know you're okay with it? Because you continue to do it. Okay, so even though drivers say parking is a problem, they're unwilling to do anything to force the motor carrier to assist them in this problem. This place here in Lafayette, and I got to believe there's thousands of them all over like this. There's tons of parking here, but it's paid. A company would have to pay for that spot. And so they don't like to do that. Number two problem for drivers is fuel prices. Are there that many owner operators answering these questions? That's three for the motor carriers, by the way. Number three for drivers is driver compensation. You know where that is on the list? Nowhere. Okay, for motor carriers. That's not a problem for them. Because as we see from a recent podcast, Covenant says, hey, wages aren't going up for drivers. Uh, they've been stagnant, you know, been just keeping the path. So drivers, again, they have a concern, compensation that is not a concern of the motor carriers, according to the motor carriers. They're not even concerned about it because, look, they know drivers aren't going to do anything about it. They know we're not going to do anything about it. If we're willing to drive around for free and sit for hours, even an hour where it says, oh, it's one hour. I've seen that at some places. And then you get paid. If you're willing to do that, then I guess you're willing to do it for detention for drivers or delay at the customer. Now, this is a problem for the motor carriers. That's number nine for them. But not in that, uh, you know, they have to pay you is that they can't go get their next load. Well, what are they doing about it? Nothing, really. Nothing. See, I'd, I wouldn't run a place where I was, had my trucks held up for six hours to get two pallets off. I wouldn't go there again. But what do I know? Five is speed limiters for commercial drivers. Where's that for the motor carriers? Nowhere. Many of them already limit their truck speed. Other ones will just limit the speed. They don't care. Remember, the slower you go, the less money you make per hour. Six is the economy for drivers, and that's five for the motor carriers. All right, and I do think the economy is a problem coming up. Okay, remember 08 to 09, if you were out driving then? I think that was a real ba a bad problem. There certainly were jobs, but they were harder to find. Good jobs were a lot harder to find than they are today. So for uh, number seven for drivers, the hours of service rules. Those are a big problem. Why? Because it limits your pay. Again, it makes it much more difficult to do your job. For motor carriers, you know where that is on their list? Nowhere. All right, they don't care. Don't care. Not on their list. Not thinking about it. 
You'll figure it out. Number eight for drivers is the ELD mandate. I don't understand that. We've been into this for many years, and it's still a concern. That's, of course, not a concern for motor carriers. People are already using this, so it's not like it's a concern coming up. <clears throat> Number nine, driver training standards for commercial drivers. That's pretty interesting that drivers have that as one of their concerns. Um, the training standards haven't really changed much. Uh, since I started driving, really, you don't have to go to truck school uh, in most places. Now you're going to have to have a little bit of training, but not much. It's not like it's a big imposition to people. And really, the driver training standards, other than people that are going to go get a hazmat or something like that, are or change their license, are not going to affect current drivers in any way. Like, the driver training standards don't affect me in any way. I already have a license. So it doesn't make any difference to me not going to affect me. They're so minimal that they're not going to change the industry really to be safer. It's just going to put more burden on the industry, but it won't make the industry safer. It's a disappointment to me, and uh, but it won't affect me. And those driver training standards for motor carriers, nowhere. They don't care. They'll just deal with it. And then number 10 for drivers is congestion and uh, transportation infrastructure. You know where that is for them, for the motor carriers? Nowhere. Because, again, congestion doesn't cost them anything. You make less money, most road drivers, when there's a slowdown in traffic. You just make less. They just have to pay you less money. They don't care. They don't care. What is it for motor carriers? Well, the driver shortage is the number one problem for motor carriers, so they say. That's funny because driver compensation is a driver problem, and they don't care about that. Number two, driver retention. Now, that's funny. We're going to talk about that in a minute about what some companies are doing for driver retention. That's the number two problem of motor carriers, but what are they doing about it? What are they doing about it? Let me go through these here. Fuel prices for the motor carrier, number three. Then CSA points, okay? Well, you know, if you hire better drivers, you don't get as many CSA score points. The economy, of course. Lawsuit abuse reform, which we talked about here a minute ago. Well, here again, if we hire better drivers, we don't have as many lawsuits. All this goes to that, certainly. And I mean professional drivers that care about what they're doing. It's an insurance cost and availability for motor carriers. All right, again, as a driver, that's not my problem, of course. Diesel technician shortage. Apparently, there's a shortage of mechanics. I don't know. Detention delay and then truck parking number 10 for them rather than number one. So dri uh, driver retention, that's pretty interesting that uh, because they're worried about, you know, people leaving and then they can't keep people. So, but they don't list compensation or anything on there. Well, here's an ad that I saw for a, uh, a company, right? And let's see what their driver retention policy is. For example, if you stay, they start at 30 an hour plus overtime. Okay. And with safety bonuses and stuff, but 30 is a regular rate but here's the thing at five years they give you fifteen thousand dollars at 10 and 15 years you get twenty thousand dollars and at 20 years you get twenty five thousand dollars as a retention uh, bonus for staying plus they have sick days okay personal days holidays three weeks of vacation your first year yeah Home every day, about $30 an hour and home every day and a $15,000 bonus at five years. What do you think about that now? 
Do you think that company, at least it's a little bit easier for them, would you say, to retain drivers than a place that maybe doesn't have that? For example, I had my 20-year uh, anniversary here this year at work and uh, compared to this company. So do you know what they did for me for 20 years at my 20-year? Nothing. I wasn't even acknowledged. <laughs> okay. So I didn't even get the normal. At 15 years, I got a corporate email that's like dear valued driver insert name of driver here we really appreciate all of your time here they don't list how much time or the name because then they can just send it to everybody i didn't even get that so and that so you can compare that now do you do you know who's giving these bonuses out and this is a current ad gemini yeah loves fuel delivery that's right that's a gemini ad Okay, and this is not sponsored by Gemini. So you consider that. This is what I always say about road drivers. Okay, 30 an hour, bonuses, sick days, personal days, overtime. Okay, do you think that pays about what a road driver pays? I bet it does. I bet it does. And you don't have to find parking. Okay, you don't have to worry about congestion. You know, a lot of the problems that drivers worry about can be solved by the drivers. By simply not worrying about them because they have a job where they don't worry about them. And there are Gemini, you know, loves all over that hire like this. And this is just one ad that I happen to find just a couple of minutes to see, okay, what do we have for retention? Well, here's a place running the amount in their ads. So not bad. At, at 20 years, you can go get a car. <laughs> with your reten they basically give you a car with your retention bonus. And uh, some places do other things. They'll give jackets or something. Uh, some place I've seen give a plaque, and they put it on the wall at the company. Like, well, what is what good does that do me? Am I supposed to take a picture of that and send it to Duke Energy to pay my electric bill? Like, that's stupid. Okay. You know, uh, that kind of stuff is, uh, that can be an addition. They go, also, we're going to put your name on this plaque here. But you don't just do that. That doesn't do the driver any good. That's just to pump the company up and to help in their recruiting. You know, but Gemini is giving you the money. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way to do it. Now, pay is a, a big factor in this. But when they ask people, they're like, hey, what is the problem? And they said transparency in driver expectations from what they're told in recruiting to reality is a huge reason drivers leave when you ask drivers. And this is a constant thing. For companies and i don't know why they don't get it why don't they get it i mean that is a good really good question they do that here and uh, i see that all over the industry why is the reality of the job not what drivers are told and you know they hem and haw about it and i'm like if the job if you cannot tell the truth about the job to drivers so that you're basically suckering them in with some kind of sweetened up deal it's a crap place to work, okay, any company. Or why do you have to build it up beyond what it is? Okay, if it's no good of a place, why don't you make it better rather than overselling it? And that is a huge concern of people. And as companies have retention in their own concerns, this is a huge problem in retention. And what do they do to change that? Nothing. Has that ever changed? No. You can call a company up. And I recommend you try this if you got some free time and want to have some fun. Call a company 
and make sure you get the recruiter's name or whatever and talk to them, see what they offer, and then call back and make sure you get a different recruiter and that's, they could tell you a different story 10 minutes later from a different person. It's either the recruiters don't know what they're talking about, which is certainly possible, or they'll just tell you whatever they want to sell you something because they're in commission or even if they're not in commission, they have to get so many people in the door. Otherwise, they get fired. It's just ridiculous. It's got to be, you know, the only industry where I see so much lying. And maybe there are other ones because I haven't worked in every industry. But they'll just say basically anything to get you in the door. And then once you're there, they, they know they got you. They got your their vampire teeth in you for this month anyways. It just never made any sense to me to take an employee and lie to them just to get them to come on. You know they're going to quit. Or I guess if they stay, do you think they're going to be at recruiting for you and singing the praises of your company? Not likely. Okay. Not likely. They're going to be like a bad ambassador where they go out and tell everybody, hey, I'm stuck here, but you don't have to come here kind of thing. And that's not who you want. And I want people to work at a company that like working there. I don't know why all companies don't do that. It seems like you'd want people to work there that really enjoy working there, not just are there because you suckered them in there. And why do you just high five each other at the end of the day? I got two more suckers on, headed inbound on Greyhound. They'll be here in three days. I mean, what is the point of that? When companies themselves put out there that, hey, driver retention is a huge problem for us. And then you call the company up and they just lie 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 to you a couple of years ago when i had that dust up basically with k and b when i put out there that uh you know because i talked to some drivers i put a video out about how they get send the police to wake you up and then k and b talks to me oh we never do that and then i get a flurry of uh emails from drivers they hear they woke me up here they did this here I mean, constant thing. It's like the companies are just disconnected from reality. They don't even have an idea what's going on at their own place. Somehow, I think that maybe the company should go like undercover at their own company. Maybe, well, you know, that's not a bad idea. I should put this out there, but Cash King Trucking would probably take this idea. But <laughs> Cash, but we're going to put another channel out about it. But we're going to say this here. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I love you over there, Cassius King Trucking. It's probably snowing at your house already if you're listening to this podcast. Anyways, maybe there should be a company that just goes undercover at trucking companies. That's not a bad idea. Companies aren't going to do it themselves. Maybe they should hire undercover, undercover trucker. That's pretty good. That makes a pretty good podcast. That's not bad the undercover trucker and then you send people out to go work at these companies and then report back and see if it's truthful but but to do that i guess even though that sounds like a good idea companies would have to actually care and we know they don't care because some things that they could easily easily correct they don't correct like it would be a little more complicated to have somebody go work there undercover but it would be easy for anybody from the ceo to just quality assurance, somebody at the company to just get a phone number and call recruiting and see what they're saying to go actually talk to drivers, but not just talk to them. Like we do surveys here four times a year. They do surveys of the drivers actually talk to the drivers. But then when the drivers tell you something, actually listen to them and change what you're doing. When you see a string of the same thing through it, 
that's your problem. But they don't even do that. So would they hire this new fledgling undercover trucker to go in their company? Probably not. Okay, probably not. Because if they cared, the problems that trucking have could already be fixed by companies. They don't want to fix them. And they don't have any incentive to fix them from us, from our pushback from the drivers, or just from them being a, a decent moral place to work. They have no incentive. No company that goes out there and says, oh, well, we are above uh, reproach. We're, we care about you. We want you to retire here. No, no workplace ever then says, hey, why don't you come in and work and we will not pay you for a certain amount of time. Part of the time, we aren't going to pay you anything. When you ask them why not, they go, well, because we don't legally have to. That's not, that's, that's no kind of decent place. They don't have to, but they should. You know, you should be compensated for your time. That's why I push this kind of thing and that drivers are just stuck everywhere and are not compensated. But regardless of that, some of the easiest things that companies could do, they don't do. So what are the chances that they hire undercover truckers <laughs> to go to go work for them? Almost probably slim to none, slim to none. Now, while not labeled as such on this podcast, I guess this is really another reason that we're not going to live on Mars. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. If you, I just don't understand this. Okay. Maybe. Am I just stupid? But I know. Everybody's shaking their head. Yes. I get it. Okay, Gracie. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, here's the thing. So, you're going to tell me if I'm stupid. So, here's the headline. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Climate activists throw mashed potatoes on Monet painting to protest fossil fuel extraction. Did you see this? So, the Monet painting, Les Mules, okay, you can look it up. It's a famous painting. Two climate activists, and I put that in quotes, okay, <laughs> because they're, ironically, they are wearing high visibility vests, which are uh, generally polyester vests, which, as we know, polyester is what? What is polyester made out of? <gasps> right. Fossil fuels. It's petroleum based. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> okay. They may not know that. They threw mashed potatoes at the painting and then glued themselves underneath it. And there is a video of them doing so. The painting was not damaged during the incident, the potato incident. So a climate activist group based in Germany called Last Generation claimed responsibility for this. Now get this. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, don't drive off the road, please. Okay, please park before you listen to this. This is a quote from one of the climate activists. If it takes a painting with mashed potatoes or tomato soup thrown at it to make society remember <laughs> that the fossil fuel course is killing us all then we'll give you mashed potatoes on a painting what is going on what is happening i just don't understand how mashed potatoes have anything to do with anything with fossil fuels if anything they shouldn't be wearing those vests because the vests are made out of petroleum and probably part of their clothes, although I don't look at the tags. I just don't understand it. Is this is this the new thing? Maybe we shouldn't let people under like 25 into art exhibits because they're idiots. I mean, I don't know what to say. 
So people go in there and they're like, where'd they get the mashed potatoes first? Did they just, they would have to bring them in, I assume. How does this change anything? Do you think that, that let's say like BP or Shell, they're like, oh my gosh, did somebody throw mashed potatoes at a Monet? I want all these oil wells closed immediately. All the drilling rigs, shut them down. This cannot happen. Do they? Th- it's like the head of Shell, like a huge Monet fan or something. I just don't understand what's going on. The tomato soup was a Van Gogh. The wife was horrified. She thought it was Starry Starry Nights, but it wasn't that one. <laughs> Our shower curtain is Starry Starry Nights, just so you know. So we're fans here. And I was considering throwing tomato soup at the shower curtain in uh, to help. But ironically, the shower curtain is plastic, which is also petroleum-based. So it's a petroleum product as well. Remember what they said. Two words, plastics. Okay. So regardless of all that, how does this change anything? Am I going to not drive my car today because of the great mashed potato incident? What What is the deal? Like, dude, what's your deal? All right, that's what I got to say. And this, these kids really are another reason that we're not on Mars. Because they're idiots. How do you think we're going to get to Mars? We're going to get it on solar? I don't think so. Okay, we got to get there by using fossil fuels. Okay, which there are plenty of if we would just go get them. Right. So maybe instead of us... Somebody here, what's his name, Uh, Jim, Joe Biden, right? Instead of him griping at the Saudis to make more oil, why don't we just get it here? But again, I'm just an idiot. Remember what Joe Biden said here, two words made in America. Okay, so that's another reason we're not on Mars, because people are, plus, there are, as my mom would say growing up, there are starving children in China, so why don't you eat your food? So... What about this waste of mashed potatoes? Do we ever consider that? Nobody considers that. That, according to Sally Struthers, the mashed potatoes they threw in that painting could feed little Mabuku for three months. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, Mabuku, the cat looked at me. Okay, so on on that, for Gracie and Mabuku, we are headed out. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Let me know if I just don't know what I'm talking about. And, uh... That's Mark at truckinganswersnation.com. I'll talk to you in the next podcast.